Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with the Friday edition of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. Your Locked On Texans football analyst, John Sports Guy Hickman, happy to be back with you guys after missing yesterday's episode Friday. This weekend, everybody should be outside, of course. Go have some fun. Uh, last season, I'm sorry, last year we were kind of, in, in, in a lot of cases, stuck in the house, you know, not having the full access to be outside. Things are starting to open back up slowly but surely at 100% capacity. So take your family, take your friends somewhere out and enjoy this weekend. I'm really excited about the fact that hopefully – NFL stadiums will be able to open at 100% capacity as well this upcoming season. Let's get some tailgate fun going on, man. We missed that last season. I, I know I did. I went to a game, and the atmosphere was very dry. Not what I am used to whenever I go to a Texan game. But it is Friday's show, which means we will have Brandon K. Scott from 610 Sports Radio on the show with us later on in the show. But first, I wanted to talk about the Deshaun Watson situation that he has going on right now. Cody touched on it a little bit yesterday. And so my thoughts on it, we don't know who's right. We don't know who's wrong. If you're going to be a part of this, be in the middle. If not, stay away from it. Opinions are opinions. And, you know, I can't tell anybody, nor will I, tell anybody to not talk about it. This is a hot subject. This is the NFL where in the past we've seen O.J. Simpson. We've seen Ann Hernandez. We've seen uh, Ray Carruth. We've seen not too long ago, recently, Chad Wheeler. The list goes on and on. But also in the sport of football in general, um, there are multiple cases where allegations were false and guys missed out on either – football time or just their entire lives were ruined. And it's one of those situations where understand that both are possible. There are two possibilities. Either he did it, either he didn't do it. And all of this is false, but we won't know anything until the facts are presented. The civil suit takes place. We get a verdict and then we can go from there. Uh, your personal opinions, my personal opinions, Cody's personal opinions, everybody's personal opinions are going to be personal opinions until reality and facts are provided. Um, but this is something that we will definitely look into. We will keep we will keep up with this story and and provide the facts and give our two cents, like I'm doing right now, and keep the show moving. However, it is a tricky conversation right we've seen the conspiracy theories we've seen that the texans and you know jack Easterby is involved it is worth noting that busby is the neighbor of cal mcnair uh he used to be the former lawyer for bob mcnair and his his instagram post was very personal it seemed like he was personally attacked by deshaun watson with the way that the post came off to me. 
And Deshaun Watson, in his response, the only thing we've heard from him, clearing his name, of course you're going to clear your name, especially if you did not do anything in the wrong. But within an hour, like I mentioned, he had his post clearing his name. He did mention in that post that he was contacted by Busby and, and his team for a six-figure settlement that Watson and his team uh, aggressively declined. Uh, so it's just one of those situations where allow the facts to come out before you spew your opinions that could come back and bite you in the ass uh, on both sides, whether you believe he did it, whether you, whether you believe he didn't do it. Like what Roddy White, the former Atlanta Falcon, tweeted on Thursday was just complete. And, and I'm not going to you know tell you guys what he said. If you want to, you have the liberty to go look it up. But what he said was very tasteless. Basically that a woman can't uh, be forced to give oral sex. That's idiotic. That's a you know that's a that's a dumb statement. I would never say that. And then you have other sides where people are already crucifying Watson. So again, not to continue to repeat my, myself because that's what I'm doing, but allow the facts to come out. That's all. And 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 once again, we will continue to keep up with this case. Uh, wherever the direction of this case goes, we will follow. We will not blast it on this show. We will not make this locked on Deshaun Watson, but we will continue to keep up with this because as of right now, Deshaun Watson is still a Houston Texan. But what is hard to keep up with is the moves Nick Casario continuously makes as the general manager. On yesterday, the Houston Texans released Darren Fells and traded for Patriots tight end Ryan Izzo. Last season, Izzo spent 12 games in New England where he recorded 200 yards on 13 receptions. I'm not surprised by this move because, John, you and I discussed the possibility of Houston moving on from Fells. However, I am a little bit surprised that they did bring in another tight end. And once again, this tight end crew, when you take a look at Izzo, when you take a look at Jordan Akins, when you take a look at Farrell Brown, this is going to be a very competitive tight end crew. And oh yeah, not to mention, you also got Kaheli Waring, who towards the end of last season, it seems like he was starting to find his rhythm in the NFL. So it's going to be a really interesting to see how that tight end group is going to play out in 2021. And on yesterday, Will Fuller's career as a Houston Texans came to an end as he signed a one-year deal to join the Miami Dolphins. So those are just some quick news and notes on everything that's going on with the Houston Texans beyond the Deshaun Watson news. As mentioned today, we have Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610 here on the show with us today. Yeah, we we, we kind of foreshadowed Fails, you know, getting released and Houston was able to come to terms with Pharaoh Brown. But I want to tell you about betonline.ag the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over. However, we do have free agency and the draft is coming up, but you can make money with the NBA college basketball, which is in March madness, the best time for college basketball and the NHL all in full swing. Bet online covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all of the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on.
Ladies and gentlemen, get all of the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. So follow Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. As promised, we are back with the family member from 16 Sports Radio. You guys definitely in the mornings all throughout the day. If you're in your car, Check out 16 Sports Radio, the best sports radio in the city of Houston. But Brandon K. Scott, welcome back. Yo, fellas, man. How y'all doing, man? I'm glad to be with y'all. How y'all living? Living good. Living good. How about you, Cody? Busy, just like Nick Casario, ever since he first stepped foot inside the NRG Stadium. And Brandon, I got to ask you, man. How would you grade Casario's moves as general manager right now, especially when you consider the hand that he has been dealt with since he walked into the office in January? I'll put it to you this way. Before I give it a grade, I'll just say that for a while I've been thinking that Nick Nick Casario was going to have to nickel and dime his way to a roster. And sure enough, when he talked to Sports Radio 610 a little over a week ago now, you know, we talked to Payne and Pendergast uh, after David Culley's press conference. He, he talked about hitting singles and doubles in free agency, you know, trying to add depth to the roster and, and, and create competition and things of that nature and, and doing it through singles and doubles, which, you know, is a metaphor uh, or a similar metaphor to the one that I use, nickel and diming your way to a roster. That's why you see a bunch of, one-year, two, $2 million deals or, and, and things like that, these, these, these very small incremental deals for players who do have some upside, some potential, and even if they don't, they cost you little to nothing, and I think that's what they're, that's what they're hoping for. So, so if I was to give it a grade, I would, I would grade him on a B, just considering that he didn't have a lot to work with. Obviously, the, the Shaq loss and the Bernard McKinney-Shaq loss in trade, I think, is, I think that one you should grade as an A. Because Bernard McKinney is somebody who I think a lot of us thought would eventually be released or or was expendable in some ways, and they might might have gotten a really quality pass rusher out of it. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how it turns out. Um, but but it seems like that move in particular stands out as like maybe even a triple. You know, if we're going to stick with his baseball metaphor, um, and then of course the Tyrod the Tyrod Taylor signing I thought was. What's pretty good, I imagine we can get into, into, into that a little bit more, but with the uncertainty at the quarterback position, Terod Taylor is a guy who I think is probably a low-level starter but a high, high, high-level backup. Like, that's as good as you can get if he's your backup. And if he's your starter, I think you could do a lot worse than that. So I feel pretty good for the most part about the moves. I would give them a B. There are just so many of them, like, like, I'm hoping y'all got an Excel spreadsheet or, or some kind of Rolodex. Uh, I was talking to my folks at the station. We're like, man, look, that little, that little number sheet that they, that they put out in the media in the press box uh, before the games, every, every game week, and when they tell you whose number is who and, and what numbers to substitute and who's inactive and who's not playing, you don't damn sure really need that sheet this year uh, following the Texans because there's a lot of names in here that you might not be familiar with, and certainly you're not going to know what number they're going to be wearing it's going to take some getting used to and some time to get to know the new team. I looked at the the Shaq Lawson and Bernard McKinney trade. Remember when we were about to cut Martinez ranking and flip that for Carlos Hyde? And Carlos oh, yeah. Hyde ended up having a very good season. I think that's what we are going to get out of Shaq Lawson. I, I believe that if the Lawson deal was not going to be on the table, if they were not able to execute that trade, Bernard McKinney 
would have been uh, cut. And I think we are getting a good traditional 4-3 linebacker. I mean, I'm sorry, 4-3 defensive end. And I, I want to kind of transition to I'm seeing a lot of people at this point not understanding why the Texans signed in excess of linebackers. Um, can we agree that the Texans linebacker core as far as coverage last year was horrendous? We can we can agree on that, and um, and as you know, it is it is paramount that you have at least a linebacker who can cover in a in a in a four three. So so if you pair both of those facts together, we, we've we've got we've got ourselves a an obvious need for linebacker help. Yes yes that that's an obvious and, 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 and need for so, linebacker. And, and, but you know what? I, I'm trying to I'm also still trying to figure that out though. Like not why they signed them. So much as which ones are gonna do what? That that's what I don't have. I, I would say enough, or I should say maybe I haven't watched enough tape on the linebackers yet, like the ones that they signed. And I like I just got to get a better feel for that because, like, if I had to guess, right, Zach Cunningham's gonna be in the middle, and then either you're gonna have um, uh, you're gonna have Kirksey on one side, and I'm I'm blanking on on another. Oh, goodness. But you, but, 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 but basically, there you go, there you go. The guy from Washington, um, you're gonna have him on the on the on the outside. That that's how I'm, that's how I'm viewing it. But I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm more interested to see how they mix and match those linebackers and figure out what their best skill sets are. And maybe I'll have a better feel for that by the time training camp comes. But but I'm, I'm not curious of why they signed so many linebackers. I'm just without having scouting them all myself or anything like that, I'm just curious on exactly which linebacker is going to do what and, and what linebacker is supposed to be best at what. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to get to. Cody's going to have a question really quick, but uh, I believe that Zach Cunningham will go to the outside linebacker. I believe Kevin Pierre-Lewis would be the middle linebacker. He'll be the Mike, and I think Kersey would be the other outside linebacker. The reason why I say that is – Cunningham, I just don't trust him to cover. And as an outside right. linebacker, I feel like his his job would be a whole lot easier covering the slant curls than it would be to drop back in a deep third in the middle of the field. Like we, we saw how much he struggled with last year in, in different coverages. And, and at times I wondered where did the decline or why are we not seeing a growth from Zach Cunningham covers wise? Um but yep. I think that Houston found them a very fast in, in Kier Pierre Lewis, a very fast linebacker that can cover sideline to sideline and has great recognition. And I think he will be the middle linebacker for Houston moving forward for next year. I like what Casario is doing before I move on to Cody, because he is allowing the newcomers like the Lovey Smiths, like uh Will Lowing, like James Campen. And Pep Hamilton, he's getting guys that you guys are either familiar with or fits exactly what you want to do, not just because they're out there. And I think that's what people are overlooking. The players he's bringing in fits exactly what these coaches want to do. Yeah, no, totally. And I think I think that perhaps with all of the drama and all of the, you know, just the, just everything, the noise that's surrounding the team, we've allowed ourselves to forget how much of a scout that Nick is here. Like, just tried and true, you know, foot foot to the ground, you know, scouting guy. Like, this guy has been scouting players for 20 years. You know, so he has that wealth of knowledge. He's not just, you know, a face or a figurehead or some suit. 
that's coming in there. Like he's really coming there to grind, <laughs> and you're seeing it because he's got he's got guys you heard of, he's got guys you never heard of. But for sure, what he's got, and like the point that you just made, he's got guys that fit to the system and to the makeup of the coaching staff that he has, and he has a coaching staff. I think. Um, I, I think he's trying to mix and match the coaching staff with the guys that he's bringing in, and I think that's exactly what you want to see from him. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, before we let you go on the other side of the break, I want to get into a little bit of a discussion on what are you expecting from Tyrod Taylor in this upcoming NFL season? And, of course, unfortunately, we got to ask you about your opinion on everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson right now. We've been telling you about Bill Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Bill Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of the bars. Now it is time to find out which Bill Bar is the best because it's Bill Bar Madness. Today's matchup is double chocolate versus caramel brownie. I'm rolling with caramel brownie on this one. I am a caramel kind of guy. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built underscore Bar on Twitter to vote. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 15, to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED, 15, to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back to see who's won today's matchup and who will be the best-tasting protein bar. Looking for the best bets heading into Sunday's NFL action? Listen to Locked On NFL every Friday as your boy Q and Christopher Carter are joined by a betting expert and analyst from the Action Network. Get your full weekend preview and Sunday six-pack of winning bets every Friday on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast. And to that same point, what is your thoughts about the Texans bringing in Tyrod Taylor? I know you just finished talking about it just a little bit, but what are you expecting from him heading into this new season? And you talk about the familiarity that he has with this coaching staff. I mean, he was with David Culley, who is now the Houston Texans' next head coach. He was with Culley during his final year in Buffalo, which literally turned out to be his last good season in the NFL, a year where he almost threw for 3,000 yards. Yeah, so Terod's career and Terod to me as a player is interesting because he has so many dynamic elements to his game, so many dynamic aspects to him as a player, but for whatever reason, and maybe for a variety of reasons, he's been decidedly boring as a football player in the NFL, which is just a weird – because my first reaction, um, you know, obviously from from the – other than the obvious standpoint of, you know, what does this mean for Deshaun Watson was, hey, I'm glad that they're bringing in a guy who could be fun to watch, could be interesting to watch. Like, if they're not going to be good – they can at least, if they're not going to be good, they can at least be fun. Um, that was the standpoint I was coming from in the beginning, but then I thought about it, and I'm like, I don't know how much fun Terod has really been able to, to let loose and really have in his career outside of that stretch in Buffalo. Um, there were some moments, obviously, there early in Baltimore when he was a backup, when he was able to come in and have some, again, and have some moments. But it's weird because I honestly – it seems like every time Terod gets a chance, he gets supplanted by the next guy. Like, I have very vague memories of him in, in, in Cleveland. All I really remember is, is hard knocks and eventually eventually Baker Mayfield getting that job. And, of course, we know what happened last year. In 2019, uh, Phillip Rivers was a starter. Last year he gets his, his lung punctured 
while they're trying to tend to some ribs, uh, broken ribs on them. So I, I, I'm not sure what exactly to expect from Terod other than what I know about him is he is a competent quarterback and he's got the athleticism. I know he's been in the league for, you know, 10 years. This is going to be his 11th season. But between Pep Hamilton, and I, I've got trust in Pep just as a coach no matter who the quarterback was, but between Pep Hamilton and, and his relationship with Terod or his, his connection with Terod, albeit even a short amount of time, I feel good about that. Now, how good? Like, do you do you grade that on the curve? Considering you're going to be coming off the Sean Watson, like, like what is Terod going to actually be like? If he's the starter, okay, well, only but so much expectations there, right? You're not going to get high expectations from me out of Terod Taylor starting for this Texans team, this Texans coaching staff. It's just not going to happen. Now, if he's the backup, that means that you must have either somebody that's an established quarterback that's better than him, or you've drafted a guy that you think is already ready to do that. Um, and so <laughs> that means it's either Deshaun Watson or it's one of these guys in the draft that you're looking at. So it just kind of depends more so on the situation. I feel good about him as a backup quarterback. I feel great about him as a backup quarterback. I guess I'm lukewarm on the idea as as your starter, but but I could be sold on it. And it seemed like this is going to be the first time since 2017 that Tyrod Taylor actually has an opportunity to go out there and prove that he can be a starting quarterback in this league. At first, it was looking like he was going to have that opportunity by choice. Now it seems more and more like he's going to have that opportunity, not by choice. And of course, I'm referring to everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson as of right now. And now with the NFL getting involved and inducting their own investigation, there is a good possibility that the 2021 season would not have anything to do with Deshaun Watson due to the possibility of suspensions. Brandon, you've seen the news, you read the news. What are your thoughts about everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson as of right now? Yeah, I think it's like you said, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate really for definitely for somebody, but possibly for everybody. I mean, the best way that I can put it is that someone is losing a lot here. You know, whether that's whether that's these women and, and losing either a piece of their dignity or a piece of mind or, or whatever it might be, or if it's Deshaun losing his good name and his reputation um, that that would be hard to recover from, even if these things were found out to be untrue. Like somebody is losing a lot, and so like I just kind of, you know, from an observational standpoint, I hate to see it happen to anybody. Um, I, I you know I would hate to hear about anybody being violated in any kind of physical way, sexually, whatever it may be, and I would hate to hear about anybody being falsely accused if that was the situation. So so like there are no. There are no, like, good outcomes from this. It's one of those kind of messy things. I will say that the thing that made me uncomfortable about the whole thing to start, and even to this, up to this point, is that with lawsuits, when things are litigated through, you know, through civil litigation, anybody can almost file a lawsuit and say almost anything, and that's what makes some of the details hard to repeat and hard to, like, just accept as fact or, or just to – throw the word alleged behind it and, and then kind of go with it as a narrative because in criminal cases, the burden of proof and, and, and the, um, the threshold that you have to meet in order to, to even have a case to begin with that goes to the public is just so much higher and so much greater 
than what we're dealing with here. Like, like, and, and then how this all, all ends up is like, you know, is it more likely than not that these things happen, that Deshaun did the things that these women said? And that's really all it takes to convict Deshaun in a, in a civil court. More likely than not, preponderance of the evidence as opposed to uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. So, so that, that's the thing that, that sticks out to me is just the, the lower threshold for, for proving this sort of thing and just how, you know, how grimy of a situation that, that this would be. Also, the turn, like you guys remember how Deshaun Watson was thought of at the end of the season when he seemed to give it his all in a season that, that turned out to be nothing for the Texans, laid it out on the line, had the best season of his career, and, and for most of us, the belief was that this was a guy with an impeccable type of reputation off the field. And then to go from that to the way the trade demands have kind of painted him in some people's eyes, I understand where he's coming from with the trade demands, but a lot of people think he's whiny and prima donna for it. And this, this adds just a whole another element to that, to, to the, to the idea that there's some discontent and, and, and something you know, off with Deshaun Watson. And so I, I'm just amazed at how quickly things turn, man, because it does not seem that long ago that the season had ended and we all thought the world of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, my favorite Jay-Z line of all time is, same sword they knight you, they gone good knight you. That's only half if they like mm. you. Um, and and, and I, I mentioned this early. People are quick to judge athletes and entertainers. Why? Because we see them all the time. And the moment that Deshaun Watson wanted out, you saw some fans sticking up for him. And then over the course of time, you saw fans saying, well, if you don't want to be here, get out. And then now this news drop. And I say that to say this. Nobody was in those massage rooms. Nobody was there. We weren't there. We didn't talk about it. This is our opinions. And understand this. Wait until the facts. But it is a coincidence. Do you see to talk about a little bit of the conspiracies that's, that's out there? because of Busby's relationship with the McNairs and because of that, he took to Instagram to announce a lawsuit. Do you see this ending in any way where there's a stain on the Texans? So, so for one thing, I, I want to address the, the Busby McNair relationship. I think that what has happened is that people have taken a leap because they're, you know, they're both like filthy, stinking rich and live in the same area of town. They both live in River Oaks. I don't know for sure if that means that they're friendly. Like, they, they, they for sure know each other, but I don't know if that means that they're like buddies, friends at the country club type of thing. Like, I, I don't have any information that, that indicates that that's what the relationship is. Just that they, you know, would obviously run in the same circles as people who have a gajillion dollars. You know, like that, that to me is the extent of it. They're both, you know, rich, rich white folks in River Oaks, in, you know, in Houston. That's all I got on that as far as their relationship. So, so like, it, it's hard to piece together a conspiracy in which the Texans as like an organ, you know, as a collective would do this. Now, could a person, you know, with an ax to grind be behind this? Like, there are conspiracies out there, and who knows? Like, I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have even guessed that this would be out there to begin with, or like an, even a possibility to begin with, just the allegation against Deshaun. So if that's out there, you know, I, like I can't outright dismiss just about anything. I just know it doesn't make a lot of sense. Actually, it makes zero sense 
for the Texans to put themselves in this kind of situation and to try to like to frame Deshaun Watson. Let me tell you this: if that, if 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 in fact the Texans have any ties to this situation, and that, and that's also if this is this is not true. Like if if these things are true, I don't really care who set it up or who who told. Like it doesn't really matter. Like like they would be on the right side of history and on the right side of the argument if these things are actually true. But if this is false and this is some kind of smear campaign by the Texans, it would be the it would possibly be the biggest scandal in all of sports history. Like I don't know if there's a bigger scandal than a team trying to frame its own franchise player for sexual assault. Like I've never heard of that or anything close to that. That would go beyond betting on, on baseball or betting on any sport, being a referee who bet on the sport, sign stealing steroids like i don't care like that that would beat it <laughs> so so it's just so far fetched to believe um now that doesn't mean it's not in the realm of possibility but i just can't i i cannot even fathom that being the case and i 100% agree with you my brother brandon k scott from sports radio 610 dropping knowledge here on locked on texans brandon once again where can our listeners follow you at on twitter yeah, man, I'm at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter, at B underscore block underscore podcast, also on Twitter. And subscribe to the B Block podcast wherever you get your podcast, because if you like this one, you'll like mine as well. Um, cut from the same cloth. So, so yeah, man, and of course, Sports Radio 610, I'm pretty much there all day, every day. And that's going to wrap up the Friday edition of Locked On Texans. Once again, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman, currently enjoying the Zack Snyder Justice League cut. I think this is a phenomenal movie. Have about an hour left. Put it to the pause Put it on pause and to the side until after the show. But follow me on Twitter at some sports guy where we can talk about Zack Snyder, sports, movies, music, doesn't matter. And follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Remember, get at us, man. It's a lot of stuff going on with this Houston Texan team. Nick Casario is, I think he's doing a very good job of filling, filling holes and getting this team more competitive at every area. I am concerned with the lack of wide receiver attention they put in place in this free agency. However, Juju Smith, I believe, could possibly end in Houston, depending on how Nick Serio works the rest of this cap situation. Cornerback Desmond King did sign to Houston as well on Thursday evening. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.